0: Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from the quote by D. T. Niles. Wow. D. T. Niles. Oh my goodness. <laughs> evangelism. <is laughs> oh my gosh, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread each week. We recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week, we bring you Enjoy the Silence. And with that, the, actually, I was thinking something really funny just now. Uh, we're, we're <laughs> <laughs> this is Luke and Nick. As If you've listened to any other episodes by this podcast, you already know who this is and where we are. So, this is Luke from Wisconsin, Nick in North Carolina. How's <laughs> this going? God, how's it going nick
1: it's going well you gotta mess up an intro like once a season i think that's kind of the the tradition here at this point it
0: kind of is i was like i feel like i said it miles instead of niles like m is in mary instead of n is in nancy and then i was like oh it oh and then as soon as i started thinking about the quote i was like thinking like what if someone is like Oh, this podcast is where they recommend which grocery store to go to to get bread. <laughs> Sorry, oh man. And how many miles away it is? Yeah, like, like we recommend places for you to buy bread. Like we're just telling people where to get bread. Um, no, that's just for our Patreon subscribers.
1: Yeah. Although like to it. be fair, I do a lot of bread insinuate I don't know bread hints bread language throughout our social medias so I don't know if that's really necessarily the same thing as recommending bread but there's definitely some like you know stay toasty here or I'll reference like a specific type of bread in this It's like try and make a pond or whatever and it doesn't flow well but it's cute
0: and I enjoy it hey that's that's good um <laughs> so uh for this episode we are recommending a book and it does not have to do with bread or cooking um it's called the ruthless elimination of hurry by john mark comer and as many of you probably know each season we talk about prayer for at least one episode and this episode is that episode for season four which is good i think uh this season's been pretty intense uh with just I mean we started talking about addiction, talked about gender, talked about just all this stuff. Forgiveness, abortion. We really didn't really slow down this season until I mean maybe last episode is less intense, but uh
1: probably, yeah. We also talked about like masculinity as well, so there's a whole or hyper right. masculinity at that, yeah.
0: Yeah, just a lot of a lot of stuff. Um so we are slowing it down a little bit, talking about enjoy the silence. Um and actually you know, the thing about prayer is, and there's so many really great books you can read about prayer and you can take classes on prayer. And um, in some ways it, it is very helpful to know like, oh, like, is this how you pray? In other ways, you know, I there's really not, well, this is a, definitely a specific theology of prayer that I'm about to share, but like there's not necessarily like a correct or incorrect way to pray in a lot of ways, perhaps there are, there are definitely things that can be helping us. And there are ways that, you know, Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this, and he gives us specific things. So obviously there, there is a a degree of um, design and guidance, but sometimes I find myself, I don't know about you, Nick, but if I'm just thinking too much, I'm like, man, I don't know what to pray about. I could, you know, I could pray about, This thing I got to do or pray about this, this relationship, this friendship, uh, pray about this family member, this crisis, whatever. And sometimes they just kind of get lost in it and like, I don't even know where to start. I just feel tired, um, or whatever, confused, et cetera.
1: Right. Or they all get jumbled together in some sort of, you know, cranial mess.
0: Yeah. Cranial mess. That's good. That's a good podcast episode name oh well too late we already named this one <laughs> we could just use it that's our it's our subtitle for this one <laughs> it's like the ruthless illumination hurry um subtitle if it, or no wait no that's not the name of ours book oh my gosh i really watched this though. enjoy the well, silence actually, cranial mess that's,
1: it ties in well because the title of the book itself is based on a quote by, I want to say it's Dallas Willard, actually. And he talks about how hurry is the greatest enemy of spiritual life in our day. And so that's why the title is, you you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And I think if like, as you talked about, you know, these overwhelming thoughts of, you know, concern or prayers that you feel like led to pray, but like you don't know how to pray. Like there's that constant rush of new things occupying the mind at all times through a lot of it comes from that kind of uh i don't know i guess you could say like rush culture to a degree where we're always you know going from one place to the next like if we're not doing something then we find that we're not productive and then
0: our time is not of value oh yeah that's that's good i mean i know you're just quoting him but then that last part too is just like yeah (laughs) <laughs> i guess uh i yeah i think t- t- talking about silence and he talks about john mark comer talks about more than just silence in this book but just we were just focusing on that especially like nick said this kind of hurriedness this sense of like i have to be productive um maybe maybe what's best for you maybe right now maybe you need to turn off this podcast not that i'm saying that you know like obviously our marketing team and our the uh, nick and i would say don't turn it off but maybe maybe that's the best thing uh but no actually like um there was a specific time in my life when I was really not sure about my faith I mean you know I have doubts from time to time like any I feel like normal person but I had like this really intense multiple year long time where I was like I don't know if this is the truth and I'm not sure if I really want to do this anymore and my prayer was just sitting quietly. i was like I'm just going to sit. I might I uh, sometimes I would say something like, "Hey, Jesus, I really don't know what to say. I'm just thinking a lot of stuff." And I remember that was just a really a really uh helpful time. I wouldn't say it always was peaceful or it was always, you know, great. Uh sometimes it was really just kind of awkward. It was like, "I'm literally just sitting here." <laughs> 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 but I remember it being very helpful for navigating that time for me.
1: Yeah, and I think also, I know the book highlights this a lot, of adopting the practices of Jesus and how he goes off into the solitude and into the silence um, to pray and to commune, right? And so, I mean, I think uh, that rings true for me as well And that, like, when I'm most... Isolated, I feel like that silence, I can really resonate with that silence in a way that maybe just being in my living room um, with my thoughts, with my phone don't necessarily, you know, encompass that ability to commune well, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to get out of the house. You'd be like, I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like, we always kind of, I don't know if we always, but it seems that we kind of downplay, How important nature is like being like involved in like you know, just sitting in nature and being there and like kind of seeing visually and then also in that silence, like you experience creation in a way that like your admiration can also be a prayer as well.
0: Well, definitely see them in Psalms a lot. Like even one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 42, it starts off with like as the deer pants for streams of water so my soul pants for you it's like David is like oh that's a very inspiring image let me talk about deer <laughs> like I don't know would that be a little odd if your pastor I'm not saying pastors don't do this in all denominations but I feel like for me it'd be it'd be unique if a pastor got up there and be like hmm I was thinking about the turtle <laughs> it's, like, it's like all right <laughs> tell us more about your your turtle vision <laughs> So. yeah
1: I guess I guess you have to be there you know
0: you just gotta be there gotta experience it for yourself
1: yeah yeah cause it's like that I mean like that really is talking about like that inner yearning for communion right it's like I long for this and I want to say and I honestly with the Bible project I learned this from but like Nefesh when they're talking about like the soul it's not this platonic dualistic understanding of you know mind and body it's this it's embodied entirely and so it's like mind and soul combined like it's your whole being longs for this communion as a response to being involved in this creation and so i don't know i think like the further we remove ourselves from like a dualistic understanding of ourselves the more we'll be able to embody that silence in a new creative way
0: yeah no that's true yeah slicing and dicing up the human and just being like ah yes this is the soul part this is the body part this is the brain part it's not uh not actually very accurate to to how our our beings work
1: right and also even how like our our worship works too because it's not like we're being called to worship in mind only as i don't know if it's necessarily just western culture but like there tends to be a tendency towards you know mind over matter in some ways um, which can be dangerous and so I think like this book does a really good job of moving away from our perhaps cultural expectations of a lot of things and grounding us more in that Jesus framework that I think a lot of people long for and they might not necessarily find in every tradition but that's just me
0: yeah yeah well tell me more about uh I don't know if you had anything in particular in mind, but why it might be dangerous to uh like only worship Jesus with your mind.
1: Well, because I think like that framework innately posits creation as not meaningful. Um and so when you're looking at the mind as the only thing like, is it being, like, like knowledge being the primal factor? You're forgetting that, like, God is, like, redeeming all of it to himself. Um, and, like, he's not, like, I think Colossians 1 talks about this, or Colossians 2, one of those. He's talking about, like, Christ redeeming all things to himself. Like, he's working in creation to redeem it and not to just cast it aside and, you know, allow our minds to transcend.
0: So I think that,
1: like, it could be, in some ways, that slippery slope that I think, like, that Platonic tradition has kind of, like, in some ways had benefits, but in other ways, um, it makes us view creation, particularly, like, the environment in a way that I don't think is healthy for Christians who are called to work in that environment towards the kingdom of God that Jesus has, like, inaugurated i see
0: yeah the sense of like casting aside the importance of material stuff or like just the world we inhabit as being like oh you know we're gonna die and go to heaven so that's all that matters i know the right stuff
1: yeah yeah exactly and so i think oh and actually this reminds me of another thing that came out of this book that we are recommending right and oh yeah tell me more yeah, I remember John Mark Comer referencing a Greek word, which I cannot pronounce. Um, it's a word that we translate as salvation. Um, in Greek, it's soteria. I could be pronounced wrong. Um, but he's saying that it's the same word we translate as healing. So there's this process of like salvation and healing that are renewing the world and renewing us as well. So to just view it as like, me myself and god it's not a holistic picture of the greatness of what god is doing through jesus and through the church itself oh that's good i don't know this is where we're going to go with <laughs> enjoy the silence but i think this book does a really it does a really good job of like talking about that but also like understanding the practices of Jesus and Jesus's yoke as being, or yoke. Oh my gosh, I said yoke. It's fine. <laughs> yoke. As being light, um, as being a good thing to bear, and something that we should emulate. I think of, um, I think of Van Gogh's Pieta of a crucified Je- or a crucified Jesus with the Mother Mary, and how he actually transposed his face on it as not in some sort of like prideful like ah look at me but as a demonstration of his faith and that we're not supposed to just follow jesus we're supposed to imitate jesus and so i think that ties in well with this as well
0: oh yeah no that's good that it is it's true thinking about talking about that kind of light burden um I feel like this book, while I was reading it, I was actually reading it on vacation and it gave me permission to quit some things. Like I was I was overcommitted and I was I was kind of running myself too busy. And it wasn't actually like it wasn't like I did anything wrong. It was just I had a couple of new commitments that all started at the same time. And then I got pretty busy and then I was really looking forward to vacation and I was like, yeah, vacation. And I got to vacation. And I was reading this book, and I was kind of dreading going back to like just my everyday. And I was like, maybe I'm just overcommitted. Like as I, and I was I was reading the book, I felt like it was just like, uh, yeah, you probably are overcommitted. I was like, oh, good, I can, I can be less busy. Not necessarily that you know productivity is wrong or anything like that. It was just like I'm kind of losing time to just be with Jesus or be reflecting on things so that's what i've yeah thinking about the burden is light um that's great and as far as the greek pronunciation of that i have no idea so <laughs> i mean i know sometimes people talk about soteriology so the way you pronounced it seems like it was the right way compared to how people pronounce it but i don't know if they're pronouncing it right so whatever
1: we'll roll with it we'll say it's fine yeah yeah <laughs> we'll roll well, with it. Glad, I, yeah no i'm just glad you mentioned that because i think uh there's a lot even within like not Christian culture, but like within churches, like that idea of like, you know, we gotta be doing all these things all the time and, you know, go, go, go. And there's a sense of urgency, which in many senses I can understand. But also it's kind of indicative of the way in which cultures kind of transpose that mentality of hurriedness onto the church in a way and I really I do appreciate how you talked about like how this book particularly helped you let go of some things but then still retain the sense that the work that you are still doing has value and you're still at the same time able to commune if I'm getting you rightly
0: oh yeah no that was absolutely it and even now I'm like oh maybe I'm still doing a little too many things but I have had more, honestly, so it's interesting. I've gone in different times of life where when I think back to, there were a couple of times in college where I was praying, like interceding a lot, just like a long time each day. And now I'm like thinking back to that. I'm like, wow, that's so weird. Like, how did I do that? Like, how did I have the energy to do that? And a lot of times it feels not not entirely like this but similar to like exercising where like if you're in running shape kind of thing the the difference though is i don't think praying is only about interceding so i don't think like that's the only way we should judge whether our prayer life is in a healthy place but certainly it's in you know it's definitely noteworthy that in the past i've literally spent two or three hours a day sometimes praying and now i'm just like dang i can barely pray five minutes like (laughs) Like, I don't know what happened, but, uh, it's just like, what was I even the same person, but, um, and okay. That was not supposed to be like a humble break. That was a very short time. That was not like, I'll like, don't, don't envision me praying for three hours a day, a bunch. Cause that, that was not the case. It was like, just sometimes I'm like, wow, how did I do that? What the heck? But recently, like I've just been going on walks sometimes and I'll just kind of spew out my guts to God and be like, man, I don't know. I don't know. What, what are you doing here? Where are you in this? Like, I don't know, just very basic things. Like I have many friends that I love deeply and, and they're not following Jesus. And I'm just like, Hey God, are, are you going to show up in a way that, uh, like draws them to you? Cause I like, I think their lives would be so changed for the better. So, and obviously I think it's super important because I think it Jesus is the true God, but like, I don't know. Sometimes it's just like going for a walk. And I think this book kind of has that, that encouragement, like, Hey, just kind of eliminate some of these things that are not helpful and slow down a little bit. And I am serious. Actually. I know I joked about it earlier with the podcast, but like, seriously, if, if you're listening to many podcasts, uh, Nick and I as well. Okay. I can only speak for me, but I think Nick would agree. If it means that you're closer. Yeah. If it means that you're closer to Jesus in your walk, like, yeah, you can stop listening to us. We won't be offended. It'll still be on the podcast in years to come. If later you come back, that's great. Um, you know, whatever you need to do, take your time with Jesus. Um, Before I, uh, before we go, I did want to read our, our co-listener. Um, this is Sophia in North Carolina. Read her thoughts. Thank you, Sophia, for, for giving us your thoughts. She says, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer is a breath of fresh air to generations Worn out and run ragged by the Western obsession with productivity, instant, oh, I'm going to butcher this word, instantaneity. Is that right, Nick? Am I right there? I think so, yes. (laughs) Okay. Western obsession with productivity, instantaneity, and the unrelenting pursuit of more. In response to this consumeristic hustle culture, Comer offers an alternative, the ancient cadence of the life of Jesus of Nazareth exceptionally practical sensitive and meditative the ruthless elimination of hurry throws a lifeline to people who want out and invites them into the way of jesus a way of silence and solitude sabbath slowing and simplicity this book has shaped me deeply and quickly became one i know i will come back to year after year excellent well thanks for giving us your thoughts sophia um, i think i will probably return to in the future as well just to get that reminder to slow down um, any yeah, closing definitely. thoughts? yeah
1: um, yeah I was but... just gonna agree with you because I think in it's so easy to go back um, when you're not practicing that discipline I know they talk about it heavily in the book the discipline of slowness like I knew I grew up in a church that had very like distinct like these are the like six disciplines blah 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 and none of them ever talked about slowing down. And communing with God in a way that is uh, time-consuming, or even being reminded that the love that Jesus practiced was time-consuming towards neighbors, towards his friends and his disciples, and so I think it um it helps us reevaluate what what is important and how. As Christians, we should be especially conscious of where our, like, affections
0: lie. Yeah. That's good. Well, excellent. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Enjoy the silence. Thinking about slowness. Thinking about the light burden of the way of Jesus. Uh, I hope, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Next week for our season finale, we will be bringing you The Journey Continues. We'll see you next week.